What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez. As always, we got a lot of different news. And as always, I'm trying to keep these episodes as short and sweet as possible. Uh, but it is a lot of content. We have different topics for this one. We have Gilbert Arenas doubling down on some crazy stuff that I want to talk about. You know, talking about uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and just just the lack of knowledge about him as a player. Uh, we have Robert Sarver, obviously, with the fine, the $10 million fine and suspension from the NBA, which I'm also going to get into. Uh, we have some Russell Westbrook news. There's obviously a documentary that's coming out in October. It's going to be a really good episode. There's going to be a lot of different topics for these, for a lot of recent news for this. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy it, but let's get right into it. So obviously, if you guys didn't know, uh, Gilbert Arenas on a prior episode had talked about, uh, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo not improving as an NBA player, basically saying, uh, and I'm going to play you the audio, obviously, um, basically him saying that Giannis is more of a physical specimen that just takes advantage of the physical tools. And, you know, the fact that basically saying he doesn't understand the game of basketball and, you know, there's a lot of other ridiculous things that he says. Um, I do want to give Gil credit, obviously, for saying that he still has him as the second best player in the NBA, which, you know, obviously giving credit to Giannis, but then also kind of really giving misinformation. You know, really, it's like a lack of of understanding. And I think it really shows that he clearly doesn't watch the Bucks, right? Like he doesn't watch Milwaukee Bucks basketball. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious because some of those things he says, they're very outdated opinions about Giannis. Um, you know, yes, he talks about, you know, the jumper still not being there. He talks about um, him being the same player basically that he was when he was described uh, pre-draft. But those are a lot of the things that I disagree with. And I'm going to explain after you guys listen to the audio. Okay. Obviously, he came back on recently uh, to double down on that. He 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 made a post on Instagram. He put it out, you know, kind of laying it out for people to kind of explain his points. Really doubling down on his opinion of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Basically, you know, kind of dismissing the championship that he won and saying that he only won it because of his physical dominance and not because he's an actual smart basketball player, but I don't want to kind of take away from what I want you guys to hear. So I'm going to play it for you guys. And then I'm going to go ahead and get into the points. When I say, you know, getting smarter, he doesn't know the game yet. Right now he's playing the game all physical. You know what I mean? Dwight Howard, physical. You know, your Westbrook, physical. You know what I mean? We're talking about understanding rules, understanding time management, understanding the game within the game, the mental part of it. You know, if he's ranked number one and two, just playing physical, what happens when he starts understanding the game within the game, you know, aspect of it, you know? And, you know, usually people are like, well, you know, how can you say he doesn't understand the game? He's won, you know, a championship. Okay, that's, okay, I get it. Yeah, he won a championship playing physical. He's been playing it the physical way. We're trying to get him to revert, understand the game, how Jordan had to, 
get the fade away, under, you know, the understanding the nuances. So, you know, my thing is this. All right, if he's the number one or two player in the NBA, let's go to the mental side. Is he smarter than Chris Paul? Is he smarter than LeBron James? Is he smarter than Curry? If he doesn't rank number one in that, that's what I mean. If he ranks at the end of that, think about how much of the game he needs to learn to be in front of those guys. So obviously you heard the audio there, Gilbert Arenas stating his case. Now, I'm just going to jump right into it because like I said, I don't want this to be a ridiculously long episode. So I'm going to start with, he says that Giannis doesn't understand the game of basketball, right? And then he proceeds to give us a list of the smartest players in the NBA, right? As if, as if, unless you're smarter than these guys or as smart as these guys, you just flat out don't understand the game. Like you, you can't just say that because he's not smarter than Chris Paul or smarter than LeBron or smarter than Steph, that he doesn't understand the game. Like he might not know a lot of the nuances and, and a lot of the X's and O's like Chris Paul would or, or LeBron or people like that. Right. He, he might not, I, I do agree, okay, maybe he, he isn't as, the IQ is not where Chris Paul is, but the measuring stick that he's using, and the way that he's measuring Giannis's IQ is just flat out stupid, because you can't just say that if he's not smarter than Chris Paul, or as smart as Chris Paul, that he's not a smart basketball player. That doesn't make any sense, because you know, it really discredits every other player in the league. So I guess if every other player in the NBA isn't smarter than Chris Paul, then they also don't understand the game, right? Like it's, that's what I'm trying to say with this, right? So, and I want to get into this, right? Like if you listen to the JJ Reddick podcast, right? He often uh, has this term and it's called sickos, right? Like he always, he always mentions that term when it comes to guys that are big film junkies, like dudes that just know how to manipulate the game, they know everything about everything when it comes to basketball, right? He calls them sickos. And these are the sickos of the NBA. Chris Paul, LeBron, you know, Steph Curry, even Draymond, you know, a dude, these are guys that they know the game, right? To the T. They know the tricks, they know the manipulation, they know everything that can possibly be known when they're out there on the court, right? And so you know, to me, him saying that Giannis doesn't understand the game of basketball is just a, it's just a crazy exaggeration. And it's such a, it's so false, right? Because I want to say this, Giannis, from the moment he came in the NBA, obviously the knock on him was the, the shot creation, right? The ability to just shoot the ball, right? Just, just flat out the ability to shoot the ball, right? That, that was a question, uh, the intellect, the decision-making, uh, the bulldozing, right? You know, things like that, yes. And while the shot creation statistically has not improved, it, it you do see the comfort when Giannis is pulling up for shots. Like, like he used to look uncomfortable, like kind of hesitating on whether he should shoot or not. And the last couple of seasons... Even if the percentages haven't improved, you can definitely see the, the increase in comfort for Giannis to pull up some of these shots. A lot of these are no more hesitations. It's, it's, he goes right into the shot. He's using hesitation dribbles. Um, you know, he, he, he's really baiting 
the defender and then going right into his shot. These are things that we didn't see Giannis doing, you know, even when he was wide open. Now, besides the shooting, right? So I'll give Gilbert the shooting argument, right? Yes, the shot has not improved, right? Um, but I do want to say this. Giannis's decision-making has improved tremendously, right? Like, like his IQ for passing windows and his, his change from just being, he used to be a really one-dimensional attacker to the basket, right? Like he would just like, if he saw a line of defense already set up for him, he would just try to barrel through it no matter what. And he would turn the ball over. Uh, he would get called for offensive fouls. He would just probably just miss the, the attempt, right? It, it would just look like a mess sometimes, you know, when teams would load up to stack up against Giannis defensively. You know, now Giannis is understanding this and it doesn't take a, a genius to see that, right? Like, like if you just watch games from years ago, you know, you see Giannis kind of just one-dimensionally attacking the basket at, at just any point in the game. It doesn't matter what's in there. He was just attacking. And nowadays, when you watch Giannis, he milks a lot more clock. He uses teammates more. He gets rid of the ball when things aren't there for him because he recognizes there's a lot of time for offense, right? Like when the defense is set up, you can see Giannis kind of just, you know, thinking of other options. He's become way more patient, right? Like I said, with the shot clock, it's versus giving up on the first attempt, right? Just giving in to to his desire to make something happen right away. That's not really something you see from Giannis anymore. You know, Giannis has really improved in terms of decision-making. So if you want to say he, he doesn't understand the game of basketball, I think that's a mistake because he has improved. And while it might not be something, I guess, that you can calculate with a stat, it is an intangible thing you can see. Right. You, you, I mean, you can see it, right? It's not, it's like I said, it's not a counted stat, like, like three point percentage or mid range percentage, right? Like field goal percentage, whatever it is, it's not a countable stat, but it's, it's unfortunately, unless you watch the games, you're not going to see that improvement. You're, you're going to, you're going to just go to basketballreference.com and say, oh, well, his three point percentage is taking a dip. His, his field goal percentage is the same. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, off of, and I'm not talking about field goal percentage because obviously, you know, he, he's dunking a lot. He's finishing around the rim. So the percentage is high, but I'm talking about, you know, the mid range jumpers, the three point shots, obviously those percentages are not, you know, it, it, they don't look like they've improved. Right. So I understand that. So obviously from Gil's perspective, if he's just looking at basketball reference, which clearly that's what it, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. You're going to say, oh, he hasn't improved at all. But if you watch Giannis play, it's night and day. Like he, he, he uses the team to his advantage now. You know, he recognizes the attention that he draws on a night-to-night -night basis. And he uses that to his advantage. So to me, he might not manipulate the game like a Chris Paul or a LeBron or whoever else you want to name, but he does manipulate it in his own way. You know, yes, he can get smarter, but guys, like, even if he's lacking in that kind of manipulation, like Chris Paul and those other guys, he's still arguably top three in the NBA. So, you know, and, and to Gil's credit, he does acknowledge that on the pod. You know, I'm not going to play all the clips from the pod because like I said, this is a short episode. I don't want to get into all that. 
it's just too much content, right? Um, I'll have the link to the pod on the show notes so you guys can check it out for yourself. But yes, to Gil's credit, Gil obviously acknowledges that if Giannis does have a reliable jump shot and if his IQ improves to that level of a Chris Paul, he is going to be number one in the league and a already even scarier than he already is. Right. So, and there's another point that Gil talks about, and I'm going to let you guys hear that as well. The in shape part. If you look at his, his game time minutes, it will make sense. In the last five years, he's only played 40 minutes four times in the last five years. In the playoffs, he's one in five in playing over 40 minutes. He, he exerts so much energy that he's never known how to get into another level of in shape. Last year, he's probably the only superstar that didn't hit 40 minutes last year in a regular season. So obviously, Gilbert Arenas also mentions another thing that's just mind-blowing to me, right? Like, something that just doesn't make any sense to me. He says that, uh, that Giannis isn't in shape, right? Because supposedly he was the only superstar that didn't play 40 minutes in the regular season. Okay, another reason why it just... It just stands out that he clearly doesn't watch these games or doesn't doesn't know the little details, right? That that he he just fails to to see or acknowledge or or maybe he doesn't even know, right? To even give that assessment. So we all know who the coach of the Bucks is, right? It's Coach Budenholzer. He is from the Greg Popovich coaching tree, right? Now, what do we know about the Popovich coaching tree? Matter of fact, what do we know about Greg Popovich? He really started the player resting movement, right? He really did. You know, I I can't really, off the top of my head, I don't have a list with me, but off the top of my head, that's the first guy that comes to mind when it comes to the early stages or the, the era of resting players, right? Like Popovich was really ahead of his time when it came to that. And it definitely trickled down to the other coaches that come from that tree. So nonetheless, Coach Budenholzer, the philosophy, if the team is up by 20 or 15 or or whatever it is, yes, they're going to rest Giannis. I mean, that's just, the, t- the Bucks are such a good team that obviously Giannis doesn't have to play 40 minutes because they're up 20 in the fourth quarter. Why? So, so how would, how would Giannis appease you Gil like do you want him to play an extra 10 minutes of garbage time to to prove to you that he's in shape I mean does his freak body and work ethic and the stories about how he trains is that not enough to show you that he is in shape you know because he obviously mentions that you know that that Giannis does everything for the team and he doesn't take possessions off right so I'm not taking that away Gil does mention that but then it's like okay so if you know this why are you saying he's not in shape? He doesn't take possessions off and he wins a lot of games. So I don't understand where the where that where where that idea even came from that Giannis isn't in shape. That's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like this guy is a superior athlete. Like just a guy that, yes, we've seen him tired at times, but this man is probably the best two-way player in the league I mean it's just like how how do you not see that and say okay I don't know what I'm talking about like yes he's clearly in shape because he's putting his team on his back on both ends of the court you know but nonetheless 
you know, it's just one of those things. Like it's, it's another one of those things that makes me think, you know, and I love the no chill pod. You know, I religiously watch the, the pod, you know, it, as the episodes come out, I watch them almost immediately, you know, and I have to say this, it often does feel like when Josiah has like his great counter arguments and he did have great arguments, which are similar to the ones I'm giving you here. Um, it's almost like he's afraid to tell Gilbert that he's flat out wrong. Like he doesn't really say things with conviction. He kind of says it like, oh, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Like, like, no, dude, it's not devil's advocate if it's a fact that clearly the reason Giannis doesn't tally 40 minutes in the regular season is because, yes, the team is seventh in differential, in point differential in the league. They're in the high tier of teams that are beating you by a lot of points. And that's why Giannis gets to rest. So, you know, it's just, I, just I, I don't understand that. You know, Gilbert knows the game, you know, so this clearly, I'm going to say that this is a take, you know, it, it, it just shows that he's not watching Milwaukee Bucks games because if he was, I don't think he would say these things, you know, that he hasn't improved, you know, that he's the same basketball player as he was when he came into the league. That's just so false. It's, it's insane, you know. It, I just, I can't believe he said those things. And by the way, it just adds on to the other awful takes that Gil has. You know, on a prior episode, uh, I did show another, uh, I, I did give you guys another audio clip of him saying that Manu Ginobili isn't better than Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford, right? Like just one of those hot takes saying that, Jamal, that, that Ginobili isn't even a top five, six man of all time, right? Even though Jamal Crawford on a podcast literally said that Ginobili is the best six man of all time. Now, that's his opinion, and I'm not saying that that makes it law, but literally a guy that Gilbert put ahead of Ginobili doesn't even put himself ahead of Ginobili. You know, I'm going to play that for you right now, just so you can hear it, you know, so you can hear Jamal Crawford say it himself. Greatest six man ever, if you have to pick one, other than yourself. Yeah, I would never put myself, Lou Will's making it look, Good. Right. I will go with Manu only because of championships. Mm. His impact. Olympics, yeah, championships. Yeah. Also, I got to tip my hat to him. He's relentless, too. But bro. I love Lou Will in this era. Obviously, he's the greatest in this era that yeah. he's playing right now. Manu is my guy, though. So, obviously, you heard Jamal Crawford there. You know, just I, 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 the reason I don't, I don't give you the audio uh, just for content. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... Like, not just to, to, to fill some time into the episode. I give it to you guys so you guys don't have to go and Google or YouTube or go on a manhunt to fact check me, you know? I'm not going to go on this pod and, and give you guys, like, false information, you know? I'm not a guy that's going to tell you that something is law unless I've heard it somewhere. You know, like, if, like if, if a player himself says something... I'm going to play it on the pod because I don't want you guys to think I'm just, I'm just talking to talk, right? Like I'm not just giving you random opinions or random information, you know, but nonetheless, you know, that th this little Gilbert segment was a little exhausting. I'm not even going to lie. Like I'm, I'm a little tired after that rant, but you know, nonetheless, it's just one of those things, you know, it just adds on to the pile uh, of, you know, what, you know, of, of, of Gil's takes, you know, and, and I'm still... I'm still a, a listener, like just to the T, whatever No Chill podcast releases, I'm listening to it. So, 
you know, I'm not hating on the pot. I'm just stating the facts, man. You know, it's just, it's just crazy to hear those things. But anyways, we have, uh, we have some other things too that I do want to talk about. Something on the minor side, you know, Russell Westbrook supposedly, so I get this alert that Russell Westbrook listed his LA home, right? So I don't know what that means. You know, like I said, I'm not going to give you guys Laker content, like as much Laker content, because there's just too much out there. You know, you, you don't have to look far to find Laker content. But, you know, I just thought that was kind of relevant because obviously I'm not trying to add fuel to the fire, but, you know, it, it comes at, the, at just a, a funny time. You know, it's, it's before training camp. It's, it's, you know, it's before the preseason. It's, it's amidst all the rumors. It's after the Patrick Beverly trade. You know, for all I know, this could just be him looking for another house. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, this means he's gone. But I thought I would just give you guys that little bit of information in case you haven't heard it. I'm sure you've heard it. It's been all over the place, really. But, you know, just thought I'd throw it out there. You know, does this mean that potentially something is happening behind closed doors that we don't know about? I don't know, you know, but I, I thought it was a little relevant, you know, given all the all the crazy stuff we hear about Russ. Like anything Russ does, <laughs> frankly, anything Patrick Beverly does or or anything that we see Lakers related, we, we try to tie it into to this Russ situation, right? It's pretty tiring. And I, I can't imagine what it's like to be Russell Westbrook in his own hometown, just like be harassed with, with just all these rumors and nonsense. Like, I can't imagine what it's like for this guy to go outside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's just, the haters are all over the place. You know, it's probably exhausting. You know, I don't envy... Russell Westbrook at this point in time, you know, it's without getting too much into this part of it, uh, because I'm almost getting into the last part of this episode, you know, Russ reminds me this whole situation, this whole part of his career, it reminds me of Allen Iverson, you know, like awesome talent, but kind of refusing to reduce his role and kind of being, I guess that, yeah, that's what I mean, you know, like just kind of in that, in a, in a part of his career where, you know, he can't be the best player on a team. I don't even think he can be the second best player on a team. You know, we, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about with Allen Iverson, this was a guy that, you know, he flat out refused to come off the bench. Like he literally said it in press conferences. Like, there's no way that I'm coming off the bench, right? Like, like he went on a really long rant. He said, I don't know any any, any superstars that come off the bench. I don't know any hall of famers that come off the bench. Like, I don't know any franchise players that come off the bench. You know, he, he kind of went on like a long rant and, you know, Iverson had a, a, a good short stint of just greatness. Right. And then he just kind of, you know, refused to accept a minor role or a lesser role. And you saw him out of the league, you know, and, that's what I'm seeing with Russ. You know, it really reminds me of the Iverson situation. It's interesting to kind of see the similarities. You know, it's one of those things. But, you know, aside from that, uh, I do want to get into the last part of this episode. You know, we, uh, Adam Silver addresses the media, right? He had a press conference today, and it was about, obviously, the Robert Sarver, uh, obviously the Phoenix owner uh, regarding, you know, the racial allegations, the sexual misconduct, you know, all that crazy stuff, you know, and if you haven't heard by now, 
the NBA, uh, basically Adam Silver fined him 10 million and suspended him for a year. I, I know that a lot of casual listeners or NBA casual fans aren't big into the press conferences and media availabilities and all those things. But when I tell you the media was not holding back <laughs> on questions to Adam Silver, it was really entertaining because you're hearing a lot of these reporters ask every question that I could possibly think about. You know, usually you hear the same stupid questions that don't really lead to anything because people don't want to piss anyone off. But in this presser, the, I mean, literally Adam Silver, like just the commissioner of the league kind of being bashed by these media people. Not, not really being bashed, but like you could really hear the curiosity, like the, like the, the questioning of the decision that was made with Robert Sarver because, uh, you know, he, basically Adam Silver, I'm going to put a link to the, to the, to that presser from today uh, for you guys, in case any of you guys actually are interested to listen to that. I highly recommend you watch it because he addressed a lot of stuff. Um, now, basically he, he basically told the media that they don't have the whole story, I guess, because they're not legally, like we're not legally allowed to have that information. Um, for whatever reason, it's like a private internal investigation with attorneys, the same attorney firm, I guess that was used in the, the Donald Sterling investigation, right? So this is the same firm that did this investigation and they came to the conclusion that, you know, it doesn't warrant him losing ownership of the team or forcing him to sell, uh, the team, right? Like just sell it to someone else because apparently Adam Silver, and the, the, you know, the firm, the firm ultimately makes the decision. Adam Silver can only basically do what is within the law, basically, of the NBA. You know, whatever rules they have in place, whatever the firm, the law firm deems legally allowed, I guess, in a way. It's kind of complicated, but basically Adam Silver says that he has all the context. And based on the context and the, and the form of these slurs that were being used... Basically, in the context they were being used, it didn't warrant him having to sell the team or being banned forever from the NBA. A lot of reporters asked him pretty similar questions like, if we know he said these, these racial slurs and we know he had this sexual misconduct, like we know this stuff is fact, why, was he only, why is he only being suspended for a year and fined $10 million? So... Obviously, Adam Silver said that he could have actually suspended him for longer, but supposedly the maximum fine for an owner is 10 million, you know, which I think should, should definitely go up. I think that's really low considering how much franchises are worth now. You know, like the money has gone up so much that I don't see why 10 million. I mean, it's still a lot of money. You know, I've never seen $10 million anywhere, you know, so, I, you know, it is a lot of money, but, you know, for an owner that owns a multi-billion dollar franchise. You know, these, these guys are making a ton of money. So I don't know how much 10 million hurts him. Uh, but either way, you know, it's, it's, it's the fact that I don't know how I feel about it. You know, like if, if, if we know that the guy is flat out saying racial slurs, I don't care what context they were being set in. You know, like, I don't care if he was it's just like, it's just to me, if, and a reporter actually said this, and I'm sorry, I don't have the names of the reporters because this is just off the top of my head. There, there were some reporters that said, hey, you know, if this was an everyday person, 
someone that works in the media, someone that works for the team, and they were having these allegations and they were proved true, they would be fired immediately. You know, and then Adam Silver explains, well, listen, they, these are employees that you're comparing versus someone that actually owns the company, in this case, the team. So it's like, yeah, you know, I understand that too. You know, obviously it's, it's almost like the boss is the one doing these things. And they also asked Adam Silver, like, hey, you know, why was the penalty not as intense as Donald Sterling? Which I also was thinking, why, you know, why not? And he was saying, you know, because obviously the Donald Sterling, you know, we have, we have audio, we have uh, a lot of, there's just a lot more physical evidence. And frankly, the context, like everything that he was saying was just flat out blatantly crazy racist comments, right? Like just, just awful things, right? So it's like, yeah, that's what warranted the lifetime ban from the NBA. So I get it. Um, but yeah, that's just my thoughts. I, I don't know, you know, I feel like there's no room for that in the NBA, especially since obviously like Adam Silver mentioned, the NBA player population is like 80% black. So it's like, you know, how, how can an owner that has that kind of history just still keep ownership of a team? Like, you know, and then it ties into what's going to happen with the Suns. You know, Chris Paul had that issue with Donald Sterling. You know, it's so, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that Chris Paul ends up on another team with an owner that, that has this, like these like racial allegations, you know, Chris Paul finds himself again in a, in a similar scenario. It's pretty interesting, you know, and I don't know how that's going to affect their season. If that's going to impact them, you know, internally, if there's going to be some tension because, you know, the owner is suspended for a year, but it's like, are there going to be people that lose their jobs because they were giving testimony and things like that? You know, it's, it's a mess, man. It's a mess, you know? Uh, but yeah, that's all I wanted to get into for this episode. Before I leave, there's going to be, obviously you guys probably heard the Redeem Team documentary, you know, the 2008 Olympic US team. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a 10 part series. I'm thinking of, I'm in the middle of doing a, a series on YouTube for it. Like kind of like a reaction to it, uh, per episode, uh, or maybe just adding, adding on to the, to the audio pod for you guys. You know, I'm going to think about that as, as we get closer to the, to the release of the documentary. Uh, it comes out October 7th. It's going to be awesome. I, I think it's, you know, I, I'm just happy to see more Kobe content. Really? That's, that's all I really care about, to be honest, as a big Kobe fan. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really debating on the content, you know, should it be a series for YouTube or should it be a series for the audio podcast? I'll keep you guys posted as I think about that, but that's going to do it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Vic Lopez. This is the all things basketball podcast, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.